live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Now, rarely do we ever get to start the program with not only some good news, but something that we can all agree upon. Never mind start the program. Rare is the moment in life that we can all come together and agree on something. That never happens. Not in sports, not in life, not ever. But especially in sports because somebody always wins, somebody always loses, and rarely can we agree on that one thing. Never happens. But it's about to happen because I'm pretty certain that every single one of us watching and listening can agree that the following tweet is pretty freaking incredible. At Rap Sheet tweets, quote, This is amazing. For the first time, Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin is addressing the team via FaceTime. The breathing tube is out, and he spent the morning speaking to various teammates on FaceTime. Now he's delivering a message to the entire group, I'm told. End of tweet. I mean, like I said, bleeping incredible. I can't even imagine this scene involving this guy addressing the entire Bills team this morning. The emotion, the relief, the joy, that what it must have been like for all of them. Here's what the Bills themselves tweeted out. Quote, DeMar Hamlin FaceTimed into our team meeting today to talk to players and coaches what he said to the team, love you boys. End of quote. I mean, what an amazing, beautiful thing. Here's Sean McDermott, head coach, describing the interaction from this morning. And it was not a long interaction, as you'd imagine, um, with, with his with his situation. Um, but he made uh, hand signals, hand gestures, right? Of he, the thing that <laughs> makes me laugh is is he did this to the guys, you know, right away. He flexed, he flexed, uh, he flexed on them, I guess, and. Uh, He's just got some staple things that they know him for and that he does. And he made the heart heart symbol probably more than anything. Um, and then he gave him a thumbs up. So, uh, And then somewhere in the midst of, of that, and it was a little bit hard to hear, but he, as you'd imagine, he said, uh, he said, I love you, boys. And, uh, of course, I think I got the guys. So, I mean... How do you, how does it not get just a bit dusty up in here even hearing that? I, I can't even imagine what that must have been like for them. Like, I got chills just hearing that. Not even seeing it, but just hearing it. That he flexed for them, gave them the heart sign, gave them a thumbs up, and then was able to vocalize, love you boys. Uh, amazing. Like, you can hear the relief, the love, the joy in the voices of Sean McDermott and also Josh Allen. You could hear it yesterday when they met with the media for the first time since Monday night. I thought that Josh Allen also did a fantastic job of conveying just how emotional the situation has been for the team and the kind of man and teammate that DeMar Hamlin is. His dad said the first thing that he's going to ask when he wakes up is who won the game. (laughs) And sure enough, that's what he did, man. And uh, as teammates, you, you love hearing that response, that the first thing on his mind wasn't, you know, poor me. It was, 
how are my teammates doing? Did we win this game? And that's powerful in itself, man. And I don't think people really understand the the bond and the relationship and the brotherhood that you have as an NFL team, especially this one here. Guys love each other, and we really do. And for, you know, obviously DeMar to go through that and to come out on the other side and still, again, just thinking about his teammates, that's, that's DeMar. That's who he is, though. So you can see why Josh Allen is such an amazing leader and why guys follow him. You know, that, that's not an easy guy. That's not an easy thing for somebody like that to get up there and lead from the front and address that the way he did. It's one thing to address it with your play the way he does every single Sunday, but again, it, it's so trite and it's so cliche. I almost hate the phrase, but there is no playbook for this for anybody. And I think that the Buffalo Bills, the organization, I mean, you could go on and on and on about what an amazing job everybody has done. And DeMar's family is incredible, incredible. And DeMar himself, I mean, imagine him waking up and the first thing he said was, who won? How are my guys who won? So I think that I, I had Eric Wood on earlier in the week on my podcast, and I thought Eric did an amazing job. He was one of the first ones when nobody was speaking yet with the Bills, and understandably so. Eric Wood said, I feel like it's partly my job as a radio broadcaster for the Bills, and because of my association with that team, I know the guys can't talk, so I think that I should say something. And he was one of the first ones to talk about DeMar and talk about what kind of a guy he is and what kind of a teammate he is and the kind of character that he is, has. And so I would direct you to that episode, but Eric Wood did a great job of saying pretty much what Josh Allen just said. And again, it's kind of hard not to get dusty up in here. Like, I can't begin to fathom what it must have been like for the Bills players and coaches to hear from DeMar. Another important point that was made by Josh Allen and Sean McDermott yesterday involved getting back on the field. I mean, obviously something nobody wanted to do after experiencing what they did experience on Monday night, as traumatic as that was. You know, they were even talking about, Josh Allen was saying that there were things that we saw that will stay with us the rest of our lives. Like, that traumatic. So how are you going to get back on the field? When are you going to get back on the field? How much time do you need to get back on the field? I mean, football is secondary. It's going to be secondary for a long time, right? So how can you get back on the field and rejoin the battle? Well, because things were getting better and better for DeMar, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott addressed it pretty definitively and said, it's okay. It's time. He would want that for us. I do. Yeah, I, I do as well. I mean, the news we, we, we received today in particular was, was a huge lift. Um, and again, I, I, I'm, I respect these guys are the ones on the field playing. I'm standing on the sideline, Dana, so it's, it's, it's different for me. There's an added dimension for them on the field. So um, I'll just yield to Josh. Again, Mario talking to us as a team and the things that he, he kind of told us and really didn't tell us, he demanded us. You know, and you, you can't not honor his, his request to go out there and charge forward, you know, to the best of our abilities. And obviously we'll be playing with, I guess, less heavy hearts now, um, knowing that, you know, today's news was a lot of, a lot of tears of joy, I'll tell you that. Um, but to know that that's, that's what he wants. That's what his dad wants. I think guys are uh, excited to get out there.
So initially, DeMar's father said, this is what DeMar would want. But I would imagine, and again, I'm not sure exactly what was said, and you heard Sean McDermott say there wasn't a lot said. There were plenty of gestures. But I'm sure the message from DeMar was, you know, fellas, get out there and do what you do. DeMar's father had said that DeMar would want you to continue to chase your goals, to go back to work. I mean, again, again, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. Like, I am not a medical professional, and clearly DeMar is still dealing with some very serious health concerns. But to be where he is now, given where he was only a few days ago, to me seems miraculous and incredible and awesome. And like I said off the very top, rarely do we ever get anything that we all agree upon. Rarely do we ever see anything that we can all agree is incredibly good news, universally good news, but this is the one thing that we can all agree upon. It's awesome. So obviously credit to the amazing medical personnel at UC Medical Center. Shout out to Bill's assistant athletic director, Denny Kellington, who immediately recognized the urgency of the situation and applied CPR on the field Monday night. And credit, of course, to the Bills and the Bengals leadership, Sean McDermott, Zach Taylor, the Shield for all the abuse and heat that the Shield takes. The protocols were in place that saved him. Mafia. In fact, not just the Mafia. Anybody who wants to talk about this, jump in here. It's good to start the day with some really good news. I got a question for you. Why is Old Trapper beef jerky like the best thing ever? Well, there is something to be said for a family business, which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper, where you can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender, never tough, because they only use the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top-quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke, Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite and... Old Trapper Jerky comes in four mouth-watering flavors. Old Fashioned, which is classic beef jerky flavor. Tender, smoky, and delicious. You've got Teriyaki with the yellow label, where Old Trapper turned the flavor dial to 11. Hot and spicy, with a spice so nice you'll want to snack twice. Peppered, tender, seasoned beef covered in cracked pepper. And you can grab and go with a 4-ounce bag or load up with an 18-ounce bag. That way you've got enough for the entire team or fam or both. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Tage Thompson is my guest. Tage, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for making time. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. So the team right now, Tage is on one. They have won seven of eight. What is the vibe like in the room, and how confident are you in the way the entire team is playing right now? Yeah, our, our team's been playing well, playing a lot of good hockey. Um, I, I think it starts from from the back end. Both goalies have been playing really good, and um, that's given us a lot of confidence. And, you know, you start to get a couple wins, and you start to to feel the high and just kind of ride that wave. And uh, I think we've been been – Pretty good as of late, and we just got to keep this thing rolling. Right, so, Tidge, obviously you're not going to make it about you, but you're having an amazing year. In fact, you look back the last couple of years, your growth and your progression with that team has been amazing. Like, you could argue last year was a breakout year for you in the sense that you had 38 goals, but you already have 30. Have you always known that, given the opportunity and time, that you would do the types of things on the ice that you're doing right now? Or maybe are you even surprising yourself a little bit? 
Uh, I think a little combo. I think I, I've always believed that I, I had this ability in me. Um, but I think when it actually happens, you, you kind of shock yourself a little bit. Um, but then I think once you realize that you, you're capable capable of it, um, you just get a little hungrier and uh, just keep striving for more. So that's kind of, I would say, what's what's been going on. I think you look at last year, um, I think that was a, a good year for me and um, gave me a lot of confidence heading into this season. And, um, just trying to head into the season, try to outdo myself. Tage Thompson joining us. So I mentioned at the very top also, you're going to rep the team in the All-Star game. What does that honor represent to you? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's such a cool feeling. Um, you know, growing up, I think every every kid watches the All-Star game and dreams of playing in it. It's just uh, so, so cool to, you know, be uh, be mentioned in the same breath of, as all these other NHL players that, you know, you've grown up watching and admiring and, um to be able to play in it is, is something that's going to be really special. Tage Thompson joining us. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you about what it was like growing up because your background is really, really interesting. But when you mentioned that when you're growing up, one of the things you want to do is you want to end up in an all-star game and some of the guys that you watch and you admire most are there. I'm curious, you know, you're 6'7", and you've got that rare combination of size and ability that's rarely seen in the sport. So when you were growing up and you were watching other guys, who were the guys that you admired or maybe patterned yourself after? Was it the skill guys or was it the big dudes that could handle themselves in the corner? Uh, so my, my favorite player growing up was Malkin. I loved watching Evgeny Malkin. Um, he, was, he was always a favorite of mine. Uh, just the combination of his size and his skill is uh, something that I you know try to kind of emulate, I guess, growing up. Um, I wasn't always super tall, um, but... I think, you know, as I started to get a little taller, um, I started to try to maybe uh, maybe mimic my game after him a little bit. Tej Thompson joining us. Not only that, but growing up, your father, Brent, of course, played in the NHL and is coached in several leagues. I'm curious, you know, I talk to guys a lot about what's it like to be a coach's son. What's it like to be both a pro athlete and coach's son? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's got its benefits for sure. Um, you know, being able to have a dad that's you know played for 15 years and coaches now, um, obviously he's been through it himself. So uh, I think it's definitely an advantage. At sometimes it's uh, you know a lot of tough love, and sometimes you don't want to hear certain things, but, but um, it's coming from a, a good place, and he just wants the best for me. So I think having that uh, growing up has definitely given me um, you know kind of a, a leg up on some people. Tage Thompson joining us. You know, we talked about some of the changes over the last year and a half and how much progress you've made. One of the changes, of course, was a position change. When you came to Buffalo, you were on the wing, and then Don Granado, the head coach, moved you over to the centerman spot. I'm curious, when that first came up, when he first broached that subject, what did you think about that idea? Yeah, I was actually excited about that. I grew up um, playing center my whole life um, until I got to college, really, um, and then I started playing wing. And it wasn't until Donnie took over, uh, asked if I'd feel comfortable back in the middle, um, said he wanted to try it. And um, I was actually in Arizona in the, in the summertime skating. Um, so he gave me a heads up before I came into training camp. So I knew I was going to probably be, be in the middle. So I um, had a little heads up going in. And I, was, I, was, I think it was more excitement than anything. I think um, I feel more comfortable in the middle of the rink. Um, and I was kind of excited to get back to what I feel is my natural position. Tage Thompson joins me for another moment or so. Before I let you go, Tage, let me ask you, it's been such a challenging week for the entire community, really, for 
the entire NFL and around the nation regarding DeMar Hamlin, his family, his teammates, the community. The Sabres have been a big part of this as well. In fact, you yourself wore a Love for Three jersey into the arena the night after he was hospitalized. And then incredibly, you scored your third goal of the night exactly three minutes into overtime. Like, it was right out of a movie script. What was that night like for you? Yeah, it was amazing. It was a special night for all of us. Um, you know, I think our whole team walked in with those shirts and I was actually watching the game, um, you know, the night before when it happened with a bunch of the guys on the team. So um, to see that happen, watching it live um, for, you know, not only to be in the sports community, but to to be a Buffalo team is uh, it, it pretty close to home with all of us. And um, that was a, a very important game for us. Um, I think we we felt like we owed it to the city. We owed it to DeMar. And, um, I think, you know, that's like you said, you couldn't couldn't write it up any more perfect than that. So um, that was a, a really special feeling um, after after that game. Amazing story. One last thought for you. One question. You know, I've talked to so many Bills over the years. I've done this a long time and I always talk to Bills players about what's it like to live and work in Buffalo, because in terms of fan bases, like every team thinks they've got the best fans. But there really is no fan base quite like the Bills Mafia. I'm not sure if there's crossover and it bleeds into the Sabre fans as well. But I bring this up because you signed a seven-year contract extension with Buffalo in August. It's a longer deal than a lot of guys might want to make. Why was it so important for you to make that kind of long-term commitment to that organization? And what was your thought process? Yeah, I think there was a lot of things that went into it, but I think the biggest thing is I, I truly love being in Buffalo. And I think the fact that this organization has shown me so much trust uh, and, and giving me so much opportunity, I feel like, um, you know, I, I owe a lot to this organization and it's somewhere where I want to be a long time. And um, I think we just have such a great group of guys, a good culture that we're we're creating right now. And like you said, the, the fan base is um, second to none. I think there is a lot of crossover between the bills. I don't think they can get as rowdy um, in our building just because you can't really tailgate anywhere, but um, no, it's, it's been fun. I love playing here and it's uh I'm excited that I'm going to be here for another seven years. See, the thing I love about that is I used to think, Tage, back in the day, that there was no such thing as loyalty in professional sports because business is business. But the fact of the matter is you don't see it often, but it does exist. And that's a good example of it right there. He's a center for the Buffalo Sabres. He is an all-star now. He's having a great year. Tage Thompson, my guest. Tage, really good to have you on. I appreciate you making time for this show. Great to talk to you. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'm talking with Jay Woods of Omega Tax Credits about small businesses under 500 employees qualifying for a tax refund from a new program. Tell me again, Jay, how long does it take for somebody saying, yeah, I don't know, I probably don't qualify. I'm saying find out because you don't know. How long does it take for them to find out? You don't have a more important 10 minutes in your day than these 10 minutes. That's it. 800-704-2000 or go to omegataxcredits.com and find out. Jay is right for your business. There is not a more important 10 minutes. Detroit and Green Bay, we are joined by James Houston via Zoom. James, great to have you on. How are you? Good to have you. I'm doing good. How you doing? Dude, I'm great. I'm awesome. It's great to talk to you. And as I mentioned, I think your season is incredible in the sense that you do lead all rookies with eight sacks. But again, all the more remarkable given that you spent the first 11 weeks of the season on the practice squad. Listen, I get that you always believed in your abilities, but is this whole thing even a little bit surreal to you? Um, I would say no. Um, talking... 
uh, with my peoples, uh, with people that have played with me, coached with me, they all know. Um, you know, they all have seen the ability that I've had, that I've displayed. Um, and uh, it was really just uh, time for my opportunity to be shown. And um, I made the most out of it. And um, I'm going to keep making the most out of it. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you about that. For instance, when you were on the practice squad, I was curious about the mindset. Like, were you thinking to yourself, hey, man, like, put me in. I'm ready to go. Or was there any part of you that was like, I'm good with this. Maybe I need a little more time. Yeah. Um, when they first cut me, it was like, OK, um, I'm clearly I'm not I'm not there yet, you know, and um, that was kind of like an ego check for me. And so um, it allowed me to humble myself and uh, allowed me to just, you know, put my head down and go work. And obviously, you know, I'm just looking up. I'm like, man, I really I really feel like I should be playing. You know, I really feel like I can help the team. I could do this and that. And um, I just haven't got my shot. I haven't really got my opportunity. And, um, yeah, that's that's really just what it was. And so um, when I got my opportunity, it was like, I'm not going to let this uh, pass me by. I'm going to have to make some type of impact and, and show something so they, they want to keep me. James Houston joining us. You did exactly that. In fact, the mindset was you had a sense of urgency. Like, when I get that chance, I better do something with it. And then on a big stage on Thanksgiving Day, you get the opportunity against the Bills. And then all you did that day was sack Josh Allen twice. What do you remember most about that day? Um, really just the whole week, uh, my coaches hopping me up, man, standing in my ear, just allowing me to, to, to be myself and go out there and play. Uh, literally my first snap, um, on defense was, was a sack. And, um, literally I'm, I'm looking at the coach, coach AG, right before I walk out there, I'm just begging that he, he calls the package that I'm in. And, uh, I saw him kind of whisper to the D-line coach, is he ready? And, uh, he said, yeah, he looked at me, he said, go get him. And uh, I just I knew I was going to have to just go get him on that play, man. I was I was hyped up and I was ready to go. James, can you, can you even explain what was that like? Like you you finally get the opportunity and you know you got to do something with it. And then on your first call, your first play, you get to the quarterback. I mean, I'm sure it happens so fast and you're on to the next play. But what's going through your mind when that happens? That's amazing. Man, I was so hyped. <laughs> I was just. Uh, it was almost just like practice. Everything was so smooth. Everything just worked exactly how I wanted to. And um, it was just, it was finishing. You know, uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't really get that chance to finish, especially being a practice squad player. You don't, uh, you don't get to sack the quarterback or do anything like that. So getting to Josh Allen, I knew that was going to be a task in itself other than getting past the old lineman. So, um, yeah, getting to him, I just knew I had to wrap him down. And uh, once I got him down, I was just like, man, this is that feeling that I've been waiting these last 12 weeks for. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There is nothing more thrilling than college football, and it all comes down to the national championship game on Monday. And I'm here to tell you the go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. I love that matchup. Georgia, TCU, who you got? Right now, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use my code ROME, R-O-M-E. New customers bet just 5 bucks on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. But you have to use the code ROME, R-O-M-E, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details.
James Houston joining us. You mentioned your coaches, so let me ask you about your head coach because I don't know that I've ever seen a guy who looks or sounds like Dan Campbell, and when I say that, I mean that in the best way possible. That's just a different cat, and I mean that in the best way possible, and I don't even know him. What's he like to play for? Man, it's great, man. He's the ultimate motivator. Um, he's going to get you ready for game, though. He's going to get you ready for that practice. And um, it's it's just full go, man. It's full go. He's he's got a a nice little funny funny side to him too, and uh, he gonna have he gonna bring some amusement. But uh, it's all it's all grind and grit, and uh, let's go get them. And we're not taking no prisoners prisoners prisoners. And um, you know if they hit you in the face, man, we taking that. We getting back up. And we gonna we gonna hit you right back. And so um, I feel like the whole team is kind of taking over his whole personality, and um, it's a great personality to have as a football coach football player and so um yeah it's been great we're talking to James Houston you know it's been a long time since this team has been in this position this late in the season but even more incredible when you consider that the team started one and six and here you are with a chance to still get in it's an incredible turnaround what keyed the turnaround what was the key to getting this thing turned around and what were you thinking at one and six um I think we was really just a, a very young team um we kind of had a whole bunch of different pieces uh, trying to put them together. And uh, I think we finally just calmed down, uh, understood exactly who we were as a team and what we were good at and what we weren't good at. And uh, the areas that we needed, you know, some people to step up and some people to, uh, you know, sit back a little bit and, and let it let everything work out. And um, I feel like it just came with just trusting the coaches and uh, Coach Campbell and the whole coaching staff. They never wavered. They never went down in the dumps or, you know, they never just – said we got to change everything and uh it was just like stay consistent we got this we're not that far off and uh I feel like everybody believed in that and uh we just stayed true to it and and we gave it all I got all we had every Sunday James the key to that to me the word that sticks out to me is consistent I keep hearing this from every single athlete that I talk to when they talk about the best leaders they talk about the best coaches they talk about the best teammates it's the guys who are the most consistent right the guys who show up every single day and do the things they know they need to do even if they don't want to do them how important is it just to be consistent yeah, um, I feel like that's the marking of a great player, um, just being great, um, doing the same thing over and over and over and, and uh, doing it well. Um, that's that's really, I guess, the criteria of a Hall of Famer, um, if you want to put it in uh, terms of our sports. And um, that's that's exactly what this coaching staff is, man. They're not going to waver. They're not going to you know, do anything out of the ordinary. They're going to stick to it because they know this is what worked. Uh, most of them, they played in the league, and they've seen, they've seen everything, man. And so uh, – I feel like that was big in us trusting them and uh, just understanding that, you know, they know what's in our best interest. They done been through it. They done coached through it. And so, um, yeah, just having them, having that whole coaching staff that we have, it's been a really good blessing. And uh, hopefully, you know, we stay together for as long as we can. James Houston joins me for a few more moments. You've got Detroit going up against Green Bay. You want to talk about a different coach. At Jackson State, you put up huge numbers when you were there and you played for Coach Prime. What about Deion Sanders? I mean, what a different dude. You want to talk about a guy who played the game, played the game at a high level. What was he like as a coach, a leader, and a motivator? What was that year like for you? Uh, it was great, man. Um, I love really every second of it. Um, he's uh, Coach Sanders, he's doing some different things, man, in the football aspect, the whole realm. Um, but he's he's much like Coach Campbell, um, just in a different, a different light. Uh, they're both really good motivators, man. They – they uh everything that they say has purpose and and um something behind it and so um 
it was great being with him. Uh, the team meetings, um, they were very personable, um, getting to know you, ask you questions, um, always had a word of the day and, and stuff like that. Um, he's just a great man. He's God-fearing man. Um, just a great man, man. And uh, he's he's building young men. And um, I, I look forward to seeing what he do in the coaching realm because uh, being under him just for that that little bit of time, six months, it was it was life changing. And um, I hope he can he can change some more lives over at uh, Colorado. It's an amazing thing what you just said that you only spent six months with him, but you felt that it was life changing. Also, what I'm hearing from you is a lot of the guys now that are coming in that are having success is that it's a connection thing, right? They connect with their players and they build relationships with their players. Let me finally ask you this. You didn't play in that week nine win over the Packers, but your defensive teammates got it done that day. They allowed only nine points in the win. What's it going to take to duplicate that effort and keep Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense in check again on Sunday night? The same thing. Like I said, um, our, our goal is to stay consistent. And uh, we've been consistently getting turnover, stopping the run, and, and just playing overall good ball, um, running to the ball, and uh, just playing our hard offs, man, playing through all four quarters. And uh, that's that's really what it's going to take. I feel like we got what we need on our end as, as far as personnel. And uh, as far as scheme, I feel like we, we've got everything that we need on our end. So it's it's just going to be up to the players to go out there and, and just go ball. Dude, you are an amazing story, James Houston. 11 weeks on the practice squad and leads all rookies with eight sacks. Got them in six games, three the last time out in a big game coming up this weekend. My man, I appreciate you making time for this show. Great to meet you. Great to talk to you. Good luck this weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I got a question for you. Why is Old Trapper beef jerky like the best thing ever? Well, there is something to be said for a family business, which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by other brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper, where you can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender, never tough, because they only use the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top-quality spices to their real wood-fired smoke, Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite and... Old Trapper Jerky comes in four mouth-watering flavors. Old Fashioned, which is classic beef jerky flavor. Tender, smoky, and delicious. You've got Teriyaki with the yellow label, where Old Trapper turned the flavor dial to 11. Hot and spicy, with a spice so nice you'll want to snack twice. Peppered, tender, seasoned beef covered in cracked pepper. And you can grab and go with a 4-ounce bag or load up with an 18-ounce bag. That way you've got enough for the entire team or fam or both. If you don't see it, ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Kathleen, Kathleen, what's going on? Yeah, I sent you my uh, email the list yesterday. It took me two hours to type it out. But I did send it. But only then I realized I forgot Loverboy, uh, Chris Daltrey, some one-hit wonder. So... It's now longer 175. I think it's about 185 now. All right, so really quickly, so everybody knows what list we're talking about. You sent me a list of singers for what? What What was your original beef that produced this list? Their list was all wrong. They didn't include Jim Morrison Who? or Joe Elliott. Who? Uh, the Rolling Stones, the okay. 200 list. Okay, the 200 two- singers list. I got it. Okay. So you want to set the record straight with your best 175 singers. Yeah. Okay, I got it. So I mean, let me, there's, I mean, it just goes to show I do know other music other than Avatar. Okay, well, you have Avatar. Now, let me let me go over the list. I appreciate this, Kathleen. I know this. And by the way, she does. She absolutely does know 
music other than Avatar, although Johannes is number one on her list. How do I know? She sent me the list. So Kathleen called up yesterday and said, man, Rolling Stone jacked this all up. Rolling Stone came up with their list of best singers of all time, and they got it all wrong. I said, really, Kathleen? They're Rolling Stone, and you're Kathleen. Why don't you submit your own list? And she did. And she just said it. It took me hours to type it up. And she wanted to point out, I do know more music than just Avatar. So I'm looking at this list. Let me, if I could get it to CBS Sports Network, we would put it up on TV. But let me just kind of do a quick perusal. This is incredible. If I were to say to any of you, can you even name 50 singers? 75 singers, much less rank them. She did. She's got 175 singers on this list. And she does have Johannes, number one. Let me just kind of run down this list a little bit. Oh, Joe Elliott, Def Leppard, number 10. She's got the Nelson brothers at 13 and 14, Gunner and Matthew. Brother. Bon Jovi, number 18. Brett Michaels, number 20. Let's see. Good. I'm glad you got the dude from AFI. I like that band, actually, a lot. 29th. Axl Rose in the 30 hole. What? Chad Kroger of Nickelback, 33rd? Come on, Kathleen. Welcome to the jungle. A very good 2023 to you. My name is Jim Rome. Glad to have you here. Happy New Year. Busy program for you today. Obviously, a very different tone. And this is not the way that I'd hope to start this program. I don't think any of us can really think about very much other than Demar Hamlin and his family. And we saw Zach Taylor live walk across the field to Sean McDermott. Pray for Demar Hamlin and his family. And absolutely, the game should be canceled. That game did not matter. Lots and prayers to Demar and his family. I'm so thankful that the emergency action protocol by the NFL went like clockwork smooth. Praise to the Hamlin family. The NFL should just call it, uh, declare no contest, and just call it a tie, and let's just move on. Props out to the EMS and the emergency and medical people that are there to help. He walks around with that big, beautiful smile at all times and spreading joy everywhere he goes. He is Michael Lombardi. Jeff Saturday is basically no more ready to be the head varsity football coach here at Ocean City High School. I don't care that he played. I really don't. I don't care that he played with Hall of Famers. I don't. Football coaching and playing are two different things. But here's a good example of why I needed a break from you. Romy, we think that the first show of 2023 is going great. Regards, Woodstock 99. She off in Lincoln. Still a moron. We are joined by Aaron Rodgers. It's been a while, buddy, but I always enjoy coming back and getting that good jungle karma love, buddy. The overall journey right now, both on and off the field. I've enjoyed this year as much as any year in my career. And here we are, after a lot of people wrote us off, we're 8-8 eight and eight with a chance to win and get in the playoffs. The magic continues for TCU! And, uh, I don't really have a whole lot of smack to say. I think I will be coaching Michigan next year. <laughs> but what I think he really meant was, well, I know the future, and I know I sure as hell will not be coaching Michigan next year. We all know that. Tom Pelissero covering this completely. Do you think Tom Brady reuniting with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas is an actual possibility? Tom Brady ending up in Las Vegas at age 46 is an actual legitimate possibility. He's wants to go until the wheels come off. <laughs> there is a reason why L.A. Reign is trending. We need it. Badly. 
we just don't do well with it. And there's a lot of it. And there is some flooding. And let me just say, I am here. You're lucky I even performed for you bastards. bastards. Leave them smack alone. Please. This was supposed to be an incredible moment for this sport in this country. In fact, this was supposed to be the best time for U.S. soccer. Instead, we're in the middle of a humiliating, hot mess. You want to talk about a helicopter parent. You want to talk about a soccer mom. Why is that not good? I hate soccer. Oh, you hate soccer? Uh, I, I'm on record. The a-hole who ripped my iPad is asking for the password. That's rich. And look, I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. My beef. I'm beefing with the guy that stole your iPad. Fat girls with belly shirts, skinny jeans, girls with a 90-day rule, Kobe trade for bloody d and a bag of pretzels. I'm beefing with the weed man for charging 15 for regular weed. Whoa! That was a legendary beef call. My beef is with my family for making helicopter noises every time I say, I'll just go talk to the coach. My beef is at the gym every January. It's overrun by a bunch of blobs. PJ Fleck, my guest, do you have any issue at all with how that went down or how that was handled by Wisconsin? I don't I don't know how Wisconsin handled that, but I will say this. I have a ton of respect for Paul Haynes. That goes along with the territory. Loyalty is not about somebody leaving you or not leaving you. It's about doing it while they were there. And Wisconsin's getting a great football coach and a wonderful man. He said, I love you, boys. And, uh, to be where he is now, to me, seems miraculous. Rarely do we ever get anything that we all agree upon. But this is the one thing that we can all agree upon. It's awesome. To come out on the other side and still, again, just thinking about his teammates, that's that's DeMar. That's who he is. I emailed the list yesterday. It took me two hours to type it out. 161, 62, and 63. Kurt Cobain, Freddie Mercury, and Michael Stipe. I don't know, Kathleen. I don't think they make full-length motion pictures that are incredible about guys that go 162. I forgot Loverboy. You telling me that nothing week that was worthy occurred on Monday? Happy New Year! That's not cool to my guy B Webb. I want your love. Guy Mago, go for it. Happy New Year. I'm so drunk. One more jokes about turning your lady into an app. <laughs> what? I'm not reading that. Come on. You're the best buddy you always have been, and I really appreciate you making time for me. A little bit freaky. I gotta get out. Here is your sports update. Ooh, this isn't even a sports update. Good night now! Good night now!